You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Everything you need, but I lack the power. Great. Get baptized in the Holy Spirit and receive the power. Receive the power of God to be able to go out and be His witnesses, to be able to go out and share Christ with others. And know that all you have to do is start opening your mouth, and God's going to speak boldly through you. God has given each one of you a task, each one of you something, and He wants you to move forward. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Push forward and let God do it. Have you ever felt like what God's called you to is too big of a task? Like surely he picked the wrong person when he chose you. Well, in today's message, Pastor Dave will teach you that because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have all that you need to complete the things that God has called you to do in this life. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 27. As he continues his message, The Finishing Touches. So he's passing the torch now to Solomon, and he emphasizes the responsibility of building this temple. But there is another son, and we studied Adonijah, who tried to dethrone and take the throne away, but that didn't work out very well. But all the leaders of Israel, and it may, these were collectively mentioned in the previous chapters, they all came together. And he speaks to the assembly. He rose to his feet. And many think that He was in declining health at this time, and he had to get help to get up. And he stood because he was addressing this, and he didn't want them to see him as weak. He told them that, I really wanted to build a house of the Lord, but the Lord said no. He said, you can't because you're a man of war, you're a man of blood, but I've chosen your son. And I love that. And I like the fact that David calls the house of the Lord a house of rest. Come to me, all who are laden and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. Rest for our souls. Rest for our souls. God's rest signifies what? What does God's rest signify for us? The completed work of the cross. We rest in the completed work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That is our rest. We rest in him and what he accomplished on that cross and what it means to us. It was significant that there was rest in the temple because David was a man of war. That's why he couldn't build. A man of war doesn't rest. God said this is going to be a place of rest, a house of rest. But he qualified him to gather all the material. Qualified him. Only Solomon, remember? Solomon in chapter 22, verse 9, calls Solomon a man of rest. Solomon gets to build the task yet. I've chosen Solomon to sit on the throne. It was significant because there had never, ever been anyone in the hereditary of anyone to sit on the throne. Remember, Saul was the first king and his family died. 
Now, David is the second king of Israel, and his son Solomon is now going to sit on the throne. So you have a dynasty happening. You have the first of a dynasty starting. Remember God's promise to David. God's promise to David. There will one on your throne forever. One will sit on your throne forever. These royal descendants. Be careful to seek out all the commandments of the Lord. This was an exhortation to the people. Be careful. You have a responsibility and it's worthy of your attention. Seek out the commandments of God. Search the scriptures diligently. Look and see. Find out. You're exhorted to seek these out and don't compromise by focusing on the good commandments. Oh, I like this commandment better than that one, so I'm going to just worry about this one and that one will take... No. Look at all the commandments. Look at all the commandments. This is very, very important. We're not to just pick the ones we like. I like the one that says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. I like that one, and I'm going to do that one. I'm not so sure about that love your neighbor thing. No. We can't pick and choose. But I can guarantee, I can guarantee that if you are truly Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, with everything you have, you will be loving your neighbor as yourself. You will be loving your neighbor. It will come. It will happen. It will happen. Then David, David speaks to Solomon directly. It's almost like this throngs of people are here, and David is standing there, and Solomon has got to be someplace close proximity. He might even be doing this when he talks about the temple, talks about his son. I don't know. Doesn't say. But he speaks to Solomon directly. And look what he says to Solomon. I love these words. Look what he says to Solomon in verses 9 and 10. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart, with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent and the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. I love those words. Wow. What encouragement. Can you imagine Solomon? I forget. How old was Solomon when this happened, when this took place? Probably pretty young, I think. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. I'm sure it says someplace back in the scriptures, but I don't know. But there's several things that I have to point out about this passage, because I love this passage. What an admonition from a father. What an exhortation from a father. What an encouragement from a father to a son who is about to take his place. The son was about to take his place. The first thing he says is, I want you to know the God of your father. I love that. He didn't say, know the creator of the universe. Know the God of Israel. No, he said, know the God that I serve. Why did he say that? He wants Solomon to get personal with God. He had a personal relationship with God, and he wanted Solomon to get that personal relationship. He found so much fulfillment so much satisfaction, so much excitement that he wanted Solomon to have the same experiences. Don't you get that from Paul, from John, from Peter, as we read their epistles? I get the same thing. 
we've been studying in 1 John, John continually says, I want you to experience what we experienced. We saw him, we touched him, we heard him, we know him. I want you to experience that. They were so excited about what happened in their lives. They were so excited about what they experienced that they wanted the same thing for us. Here, a father wants the same thing for his children. Oh, we feel the same way about our kids, don't we? We really do. We feel the same way. We want them to experience God like we know, the God that we know, the God that will guide them in all things, the God that will be there in their misery, be there in their tribulations, be there in their heartaches. We want our children to know God. We want them to know God through Jesus Christ. We want them to know that. And when they know that, like we know that, there'll be unspeakable joy in our hearts. And there'll be unspeakable joy in their hearts. And when you see your child following the Lord, oh, there's just nothing like it in the entire world. Know the God of your father. The next thing he says, and serve him. Serve him. We must truly know God before we can serve him. You can't serve a God you don't know. You've got to accept Jesus as your Savior. You've got to be born again. You've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you can know God. And then God explained to you, you know his love through Jesus Christ. You know all about that. It's interesting. There's a scripture here in Daniel 11. In Daniel 11, verse 32, it says, But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Serve him by knowing him. You know him, and then you want see, that's what happens. People come into Calvary Chapel, Cape May, and the first thing they want to do is serve God. And they get angry at me because I say, hang on. Hang around for a while. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. See what we're all about. Draw closer to God. God will raise you up in due time. See, you get to know God first, who he is, and you experience him. And you see all the goings on, and you get this excitement, and then God raises you up as you come. And that's what's happening here. He says, know my God and serve him. Serve him with every ounce you have. When you know the Lord, you can't help but want to serve him. It just comes naturally. If you don't know God and you're trying to serve him, I can guarantee two things. Number one, it's a burden to you to try to serve God without knowing him. And number two, you're probably very legalistic about it. We ought to know God. How do I know God, he says, and how do I serve him? The next one was with a perfect heart and a willing mind. I like that too. Sometimes we serve the Lord with unperfect hearts. Yeah, we do. Sometimes we serve the Lord, and while we're serving the Lord, we're grumbling and complaining. Yeah, I have. Yeah, been chastised for it. Been called on the carpet for it by God, (laughs) you know vacuuming one day a long time ago, vacuuming where we had church service and nobody was around to help church. And I was... Man, I'll tell you what, it wasn't audible, but right here I heard, who are you doing this for? I went, whoa, I thought I was doing it for you. Oh, then shut up. Okay. (laughs) Serve him with a willing heart and a willing mind. Don't serve him half-heartedly. When I read in Malachi, in Malachi chapter 1, verse 8, Malachi was saying to the people, you know, you're sacrificing half-heartedly. You're sacrificing bad animals. 
You're doing bad animals. You've heard the one about the cows that had twins, and the guy said, I'm going to give one to the Lord. I'm going to give one of the calves to the Lord. And the wife said, oh, isn't that wonderful, honey? You're going to give one calf to the Lord. How wonderful. Well, I don't know how much time went by, but he came in with a long face one day. She goes, what happened, hon? The Lord's calf died. <laughs> don't serve the Lord half-heartedly. Serve him as all the gusto you have. Serve him with everything you have. Serve him with joy and with gladness and with happy. If you're unhappy serving the Lord, don't serve him. Don't serve him. If it's drudgery, don't do it. Don't do it. If you're miserable, don't do it. It's not from the Lord. I tell you that with all love and sincerity, haven't been there and done that. Don't do it. David says, with a perfect heart and a willing mind. My heart is only perfect by submitting to God through the Holy Spirit. My heart is only perfect when God shows me that I love. My heart is growing perfect for him. We can serve the Lord with an evil heart. You can have an evil heart when we serve your Lord. This is what Jesus yelled against the Pharisees about. Their hearts were evil. They were doing evil things. They were trying to draw attention to themselves instead of giving it to the Lord. When you vacuum, don't say, where's the pastor? He should see me vacuuming here. Yo, hey. No. Nobody should see you doing anything. Just do it. I'm just so blessed by some of you guys. Some of you guys just pick up a vacuum and start vacuuming. Nobody even says anything to you. I love that. I think it's exciting. We have a crew that comes in on Saturdays. It used to take us a couple hours. Now it takes us 15 minutes, it seems like. We have a crew that comes in on Saturday. seems to be growing. We have a great time. It's wonderful serving the Lord. But you can't do it with an evil heart. You've got to do it with a willing heart, a perfect heart, and a willing mind. He says, if we seek him, if you seek him, Solomon, you're going to find him. What a great promise. We have that promise today. James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. What a great promise that James has us. What a fantastic promise. The writer of Hebrews said, God rewards those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him because if you're seeking him, you've got to believe that he is. You've got to believe that he exists. There is a scripture that bothers me, though, and I have to tell you it bothers me. I've talked to the Lord about it. It bothers me for this reason. There's a scripture that says, seek the Lord while he can be found. Ah. That tells me that might come a time when the Lord can't be found. And that bothers me from people who don't know Christ. That bothers me for people who don't know the Lord. That there might come a time when they're cut off, when, when they've gone too far. Remember Pharaoh? Pharaoh hardened his heart against the Lord, and the Lord hardened that decision that he made, and it got harder and harder and harder and harder. And there might come a time when your heart is so hard you can't return. You can't come back. Verse 10, consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for a sanctuary. Be strong and do it. It's interesting. David tells Solomon, take heed. You were chosen for this. It's just like Esther was chosen for such a time as this. That's why I like to pray that. For such a time as this, we've come here for this time. We were chosen. It was ordained for us to be here to study God's word together. It was for such a time as this. We were chosen to do these things. And in 11 and 19, David basically gives Solomon the plan. He said, 
Then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the vestibule, its houses, its treasury, its upper chambers, its inner chambers, the place of the mercy seat, the plans for all that he had by the Spirit, the courts of the house of the Lord, all the chambers all around, the treasuries of the house of God, treasuries for dedicated things, the division of the priests and the Levites for the work of the service of the house of the Lord, and all of the articles of the service of the house of the Lord. He gave the gold by weight, and he keeps on giving. He gives Solomon all this stuff. He just presents it to him. He presents it to him. He gives him the plan. It's really cool because if you read Exodus, Moses received the plans from God for the tabernacle. God told him exactly how it was to build. And here now, David must have received these plans for the temple from God, and he gives them to his son. I don't know what they look like. I don't know what they were, you know. Um, when I first got to New Jersey after living in Colorado for some time, I worked at Resorts Design Incorporated, and we were designing and building at the same time the Taj Mahal. And we had stacks. I mean, the plans for the Taj Mahal, there must have been six or seven or eight stacks of plans, thousands upon thousands of sheets of drawings talking about this thing that was eventually built. Can you imagine what the plans for this look like? Can you imagine what they look like? Oh, how I would love to see them. How I would love to see the plan for the temple. Wouldn't that be cool to be able to see these? I wonder if they're written down someplace. Or if God just told David. And I, I don't know. How did David remember all those things? I don't know. I wonder if they're written. I wonder if they're there someplace. That would be pretty cool. We know that the temple is the model of the tabernacle and it's bigger. We know that. It's about twice the size of the tabernacle in the wilderness. We know that. So they do have those plans. So I wonder if they were very, very similar, except double. I don't know. So we get to verse 20. David says to Solomon, be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. I love this. I love this. Be strong. Don't be dismayed. Don't be afraid. Go out there and do this with the best you can because God is with you. He will never leave nor forsake you. Listen to these beautiful words that we can claim. These are words to us. This is like a New Testament reading. Be strong, be of good courage, for the Lord thy God is with you tonight. He's given you everything for strength and godliness in life, Jesus. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He's given us this. He's allowed us his Holy Spirit so that we wouldn't get confused to teach us and guide us. I love this. Paul says, being confident of this very thing, he who began the work will complete it. I love that. Because it's God's work to do. If Solomon trusted the Lord with all his heart, if he doesn't lean on his own knowledge, if he doesn't lean on his own understanding, God will show him and direct him and guide him, and that temple will be built. In fact, it does get built. We know it does get built. Press onward, Solomon. Lay every hindrance aside. Don't give up on what the Lord has promised you. The Lord is not slack in his promises. Whatever he promised you will come to fruition. I can say the same thing to you, saints. Press onward. Yes, we're having a bad time in this pandemic thing. Yes, we are. Things are crazy. But press onward. Lord's not done. He's not finished with us. He hasn't benched us. 
He hasn't put us on the sideline. He's still actively working in our lives. We see him working in all of your lives. I see him in the midst of all this craziness. I see what he's doing in your life. And it's so exciting. Probably can tell it doesn't take much to excite me. But man, I tell you, I get excited. I really get excited when it comes to the Lord. It's exciting to see this happening. Know that the Lord's not slack in his promises. If he promised you something, have faith and believe it. Believe the promise that he gave you and cling to it and say, it's mine. And take it to scripture and say, there it is. There's the promise the Lord gave me. Claim it. Claim those promises that God has given you. I love it. As we finish out, 1 Chronicles 28, he says, Here are the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God. Every willing craftsman will be with you for all manner of workmanship, for every kind of service. Also the leaders and all the people will be completely at your command. Man, talk about giving him the keys to the kingdom. Talking about giving him everything he needs. Man, Solomon has everything he needs. Ladies and gentlemen, when God had called you, he gave you his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit came into you and is inside you. You have everything you need, but I lack the power. Great. Get baptized in the Holy Spirit and receive the power. Receive the power of God to be able to go out and be his witnesses, to be able to go out and share Christ with others. And know that all you have to do is start opening your mouth, and God's going to speak boldly through you. God has given each one of you a task, each one of you something, and he wants you to move forward. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Push forward and let God do it. And be like Paul at the end. I did more than them all. Man, I did more than any one of those guys. But it wasn't me. It was the grace of God that dwells within me. See, Paul knew that God was doing the work and he was being used by God. And I like to say sometimes that our Christian walk is an oxymoron. It's an active rest. It's an active rest. As I'm resting in God, he's using me to do things. And it looks like I'm doing a lot of things. But I can say, it's not me. It's the grace of God that dwells in me. And I point to God to give him glory. And that's what he's doing with you. And that's what he's doing with the rest of Calvary Chapel, KMA, and the other churches in the area. He's using us mighty for such a time as this. These last days, we're on the precipice, which means the edge, folks. We're looking over the edge. We're the wily coyote looking over the edge. We just don't have a rocket strapped to our back, that's all. <laughs> folks, God wants us to move and do the things he's called us to do. And this is no time like the present. I get excited with this. David had all kinds of men ready to assist him. David did everything Solomon needed to build the temple. And yet they call it Solomon's temple. It's called Solomon's temple. And i got to read you what a commentator said. Just like our Jesus, he gives us the plans for our lives. He empowers us with the Holy Spirit to accomplish those plans. He opens doors no man can close. He closes doors no man can open. He supplies the energy. He makes everything easy for us. Then he proclaims, well done, good and faithful servant. He says, well done to us. But he did all the work. Isn't that great? I love that. You are a sure.
Thank you for joining us here today on Assure Hope. In this series, Pastor Dave has been teaching through the book of 1 Chronicles. This book follows the kingship of David from the time he was anointed king by the people until his death. Partway through, we watched David become troubled because he had a grand house, but the ark of the Lord remained in a tent. He wanted to build the temple for the Lord, but because he was a man of war, God chose Solomon to build it instead. Still, we see that David's heart was for God every step of the way. When Solomon was going to build the temple, David gave him an offering of gold, silver, and bronze for it. Is there a mission field you'd like to have joined? Don't let the limitations of this life keep you from offering your best. If you can't go yourself, you can still give to the people who God sends. We're so glad we get to spend this time with you today. A Sure Hope is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May, in Cape May, New Jersey. If you're in the area, we'd love to see you on a Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. And if you're an early riser, come seek the Lord's face together with us in prayer before the services at 7.30. You can find everything you need to know on our website, assurehoperadio.com. Once again, that's assurehoperadio.com. And don't worry, if you can't make it in person, on the website you'll find links to our live stream. Don't forget to come back next time as we study the word together on Assure Hope.